The story takes place in the rural farmland of the southeastern United States. For those from around the area, you'll know that there isn't much around except for old farmhouses, fields, and the occasional subdivision. When I was around 17 or 18, I was dating a girl who went to the same high school as me. Being teenagers, we needed a place to be alone, and what better than the front seat of my F-150. Often, it was hard to find a place to park that was away from the road and was also far away enough from everyone else. One evening, as the sun was getting ready to set, I had remembered an abandoned house with a long driveway and a tobacco barn. It was off some old back road with no other houses. I had been there before and explored the property. The house's roof had been abandoned long ago and currently had been used to store lumber. The house had no doors or windows left, and the rest of the property was clearly in disrepair, and it didn't appear to be used at all. I figured this long-forgotten property would make a good spot, so I drove my truck up into the driveway far away from prying eyes. I put my truck in park, lifted up my center console, and put on the radio. As my girlfriend and I were talking, she suddenly stops with her eyes glued to the rearview mirror and then says, Um, I think someone is here. I initially blew her off, as I was fairly confident no one was around for miles, but as I glanced in my rear view, I had then seen a very beat-up looking Ford truck that pulled directly behind mine, and the door flew wide open. Out jumped a tall, dirty-looking man, holding what appeared to be a 3006 with a weathered wooden stock. As I put down my window, the man advances, yelling all types of obscenities from the side of my truck. As he walks up, I hear the distinct sound of the safety clicking off of an older rifle. I froze as the world stopped all around me. I had never been held at gunpoint before. As soon as the shock wore off, I threw my hands up, and I saw the man had his sights aimed on me through the rear window of my truck. I looked over to my girlfriend who was frozen in shock and somewhat cowered into the passenger door. I remember feeling helpless and reaching for my pistol that I usually had between the seats, which I quickly realized I'd left at home. This was probably a blessing in disguise, as the strange man was clearly belligerent and under the influence of something. I'm sure him seeing my pistol would have just sent him more over the edge. As my hands are now up and my girlfriend shaking in fear, I eventually mutter out, What's going on, sir? The man through rotten and missing teeth then shouts, You sons of bitches came out here tearing up my field and running my crops. He had clearly mistaken me for some of the ATV riders around the area who would often wander into private property and tear up the land. Looking at the man, he didn't look like any of the farmers that I'd known around the area. Having lived here 15 years at this point, I was fairly familiar with the local farmers. Well, the supposed farmer looked maybe in his early 30s, and he looked at me more like the junkies that I would see downtown. I replied to the man that I'd never been here before, nor that I was responsible for destroying his crops, trying desperately to defuse the situation. He wanted to hear none of it, and continued to mutter, while still holding me at gunpoint. I waited for a break in his incoherent babbling to apologize profusely and then say, Sir, if I had seen a no trespassing sign, I wouldn't have dared step foot on the property. 
The man advanced from behind my truck to my open window to then yell, Didn't see no fucking sign? Yeah, right! He didn't believe me. As I studied him, he continued to grip the rifle even tighter and mumble to himself. I apologized some more and offered to leave when I noticed that he has me completely blocked in. There was nowhere to go. As soon as I mentioned leaving, he perked up and dropped the rifle ever so slightly, then putting us out of immediate danger. My fight or flight briefly chose fight, but I knew there was no way to jump out of the truck and then get to him before he could shoot us. Time seemed slow, and I felt like the silence that ensued lasted for hours. He had started to yell obscenities yet again, but I started to walk back to his truck. As he passed my rear bumper, my girlfriend and I exchanged glances. I had never seen a fear like that in someone's eyes before, let alone someone that I loved. I knew that I had to do whatever I could to get away from this unhinged stranger. I fired up my truck, and I put it in reverse as he does the same. The beat-up Ford backed into the road and stopped, waiting for me to exit. I backed into the road as well, my eyes never leaving the rearview mirror. As soon as there was enough space, I threw the truck into drive and stomped the gas pedal down as far as it could go. My tires squealed and the truck roared as it ran through the gears. I was familiar with the roads, and I was confident I could outrun him if need be, as his truck looked like it was on its last leg. As the speedometer flew past 60, I could now see the man following us, but enough distance from my truck would be hard to put a hole in my tailgate. My girlfriend's calming down at this point and is trying to rationalize what just happened to us. I drove and drove for several miles, constantly looking behind us to see if he was following. I remember doing over 100 miles an hour at some point. The mood in the cab changed to utter disbelief, as we then talked about how crazy the supposed farmer looked and awkwardly laughing off our near deaths. I never saw that man again after, and I never returned to that abandoned house except for the next day to leave him some ruts in the front yard of the rundown property. Looking back, I haven't the slightest idea as to how the man knew that we were there, as we weren't visible from the road nor were we followed. I personally think that he was just some tweaker, as I knew most of the farmers in the area, and being in a small town, you know everybody. I had never seen this man before this experience, nor have I seen him since. Now, I certainly was in the wrong being on private property, and I had heard horror stories of people running from crazed farmers as bullets flew over their heads. However, a couple of kids parked up in what was clearly a forgotten property several hundred yards from the nearest field really shouldn't have warranted a firearm pointed at me and my girlfriend who were just sitting in a clean truck that obviously hadn't been tearing up any fields. Coming from a farming family myself and being close with all the farmers in the area, the last thing you would catch me doing is tearing up someone's livelihood. Regardless though, I put my girlfriend's and my life at stake just to go park up somewhere and fool around. I never made that mistake again. The story happened back in 2011 when I was 11 years old. My sister who has autism and is nonverbal was nine years old at the time. We lived in a gated community and there's a vending machine right near the manager's office. 
I was able to save up some quarters and I had asked my mom if my sister and I could walk to the vending machine to go get some snacks. My mom said yes and I had helped my sister put on her shoes. She knew that we were going to get snacks and she had the biggest smile on her face. As we started walking towards the main street that leads to the manager's office, I suddenly stopped walking once we reached the end of our street. I noticed a van was about to leave, so in order to feel safe when crossing the street, I wanted the van to pass first. As the van was passing us, very slowly I might add since the speed limit is 5, I was able to see the man who was driving the van. This man, since the moment he saw my sister and I, had his eyes glued to us. I didn't notice this until I had immediately grabbed my sister's wrist. As he was driving instead of looking at the road, he kept his eyes right on us. And instead of continuing down the street to leave the community, he suddenly made a left turn and drove into the street that's next to ours. From where I was standing... I was actually able to see between the houses that the man who was driving stopped his van and another man who was in the passenger seat got off. I didn't even notice there was another man. As the man who got off was walking towards the main street, which I'm sure was going to walk where my sister and I were standing at, the man who was driving had started to reverse. At this point, since I was already holding my sister's wrist, I had turned around and started running. I don't know what was louder. The sound of our cheap dollar store flip-flops hitting the ground as we ran. The sound of my heart beating so loud because I thought the man would grab us any second. Or the sound of my sister laughing her heart out because in her mind we were playing a game. We made it back to our house. And thankfully, I hadn't locked the door before I left. I made sure my sister went inside as I hid behind my mom's car and looked to see if the man would pass by. He did. And a couple seconds later... The man who was driving the van also passed by. After a couple of minutes, I had walked out to see that they were gone, and I stood there realizing just how innocent my younger sister's mind was. In her mind, there was no danger. There's no bad or evil. But in my mind, I am 100% sure that those two men were going to take, if not both, at least one of us. I know some of you may think, what if they just wanted to ask me something? But the way the man was looking at us didn't seem friendly at all. It was like we were their prey. I'm glad that even though I was young, I knew that something was wrong about that situation. I never saw that van again. But because of this, I sometimes have nightmares where I'm running. It feels like no matter how fast I'm running, there's always this shadow right behind me. As I'm running up the stairs trying to grab the doorknob, I'm suddenly yanked down by my shoulders. As for my sister, she's now 20 years old, and whenever we go out, my parents always make sure one of them is holding her hand. Everyone out there with children or younger siblings, please make sure that they're always safe. Even if you know your neighborhood is a nice area, you just never know if there's someone lurking around. This happened back when I was about 17. And for reference, I'm a female. My story isn't as scary as some, but I'm writing as a cautionary tale. I was on my way home from school, and I normally walked 95% of the way home with two of my friends. They turned off one block right before I got to my house, 
but this day I was alone because they had both missed school. I'd like to state that I was taught to always be aware of my surroundings. My parents were always on me about being safe, especially my mom, so I didn't walk around with my headphones in or anything like that. My neighborhood wasn't bad or anything, but being female, you know that you can never be too careful. On most days I was alone when I got home, and then I walked across the street to get to my little brother from school when he got out. But that day, my dad was home because his car was in the shop, and my mom was at work, so there was no car in the driveway when I came home. I came in like always, and I had tossed my book bag on the floor. I didn't even bother to lock the front door. I just walked into the kitchen like always. I remembered that my dad was home, so I had opened the back door and yelled out to him that I'm home. I don't even recall him answering back. I just went back in like, whatever. I guess I was half paying attention. Anyway, my dad walked in just as the phone rang. It was the neighbor from across the street. I'll refer to her as Patty. She was a nice lady that we had known for years. Her whole family lived in the two houses across from us. All really solid people. We always looked out for each other, helped out one another when we could. The way it should be but rarely is nowadays. She told my dad that it was Patty and asked him if I was okay. He just responded with, Um, yeah, why? Well, Patty told him that she noticed two men follow me into the yard as I came in from school. She couldn't see them when I went up to the door, but she said they were behind me a few feet, but hurried out of the yard about a minute or so later. I'm guessing that was when I went into the kitchen and told my dad that I was home. My dad then asked if she saw which way they went. Patty said that they walked around the corner and made a right. My dad thanked her and hung up. He told me someone followed me home and he grabbed his keys. I was so confused. It took me a minute to understand what was happening. My dad told me to lock the doors and he then took off. I was so scared. I didn't want my dad to get in trouble if he caught those guys because God only knows what he would have done to them. But even more so, I didn't want him getting hurt by some chance they had weapons or something. He came back a short time later. He told me that he drove around the neighborhood a bit, and even stopped at Patty's to ask what they looked like, but nothing came of it. I'm telling this story because I want to remind people to be cautious, especially the females out there. I really thought I was being careful, but apparently I wasn't. Make sure you glance around while you walk. If you pass someone, make it a point to look them in the eyes. Let them know that you see them. Please be safe, everyone. I know that I was lucky that day. On any other day, it might not have been the case. So, when I was in middle school... I'm not ashamed to admit that I was quite naive. In hindsight, I should have been more honest with my parents about what was going on. When I was about 13 to 15, I had the same bus driver for about three years. I was very shy, antisocial, and didn't really like people much. I usually sat at the front of the bus, considering I had zero of my friends riding the same bus due to our route differences. One particular day, 
My bus driver asked me how my day was and had tried to strike up a conversation when he saw that I didn't really talk much. Every day it became a routine for me to sit in the front and chat with my bus driver about my days. One day, the bus driver brought me a snack after telling him that I didn't like the school's lunches. I probably shouldn't have taken food from a stranger, but in my adolescent mind, I felt like he was trustworthy. He began asking me more personal questions, getting to know me in a way that a friend would, but I'd always answer vaguely. His gifts began becoming frequent as he began saying that I was his favorite on numerous occasions. It got to the point where the other kids on the bus grew jealous of the gifts and food that he would only bring me every day. For about a year and a half, my bus driver spoiled me in food, but when other children asked if they could have something, he'd always say no, or that it was only for me. That should have been the first red flag, that I was the only one that he was spoiling. It became apparent to me that the other kids were taking notice and regrettably began bragging about how loved I was by the bus driver. All jokes aside, it began becoming creepy. He would start complimenting me, just small compliments here and there, before they became just as frequent as the food gifts he brought me. It started by him commenting on my new shoes, to complimenting my glasses, and then how beautifully blonde I was. It all came to a halt when he showed me a picture of his wife and then told me, and I quote, You know, the reason you're my favorite is because you remind me so much of my wife. Like what? Kind of stunned and left feeling uneasy and awkward, I happened to glance at one of the fellow boys on the bus. This kid was 15, but he was already 5'10 and beefy. The kid, we'll call him Nick, glared at the bus driver when he began showing me picture after picture of his wife. And yes, if I had been 20 years older, I'd probably look exactly like a spitting image of his wife. Nick began watching me, more so that his stop had been two before mine, and yet he only got off when I did. And if I didn't, Nick didn't either. For the next few months, I caught the bus driver staring at me through that large rearview mirror on several occasions during one bus ride. It became unnerving how much he had been staring. He was always polite to me, but whenever Nick was around me, it seemed that he would get visibly upset by this. One day, we walk into the bus, and the bus driver makes an announcement. Listen up, everyone. If your listed bus stop is what's listed from the school, that is where you'll get off all the while looking directly at Nick. Nick was now forced to get off at his own stop, and when pretty much 75% of the kids got off at his stop, the bus was quite empty to say the least. By the time my own stop came around, only six of us were still on the bus, but his eyes would always be on me. Things got worse when he tried his best to make me the very last off the bus but I always avoided being the last person off the bus for obvious reasons. It came to a point where he had even offered to drop me off directly in front of my house so I didn't have to walk all that distance from the bus stop. This was by no means allowed, especially since his bus was not labeled as a special case bus. And at my school, there were certain buses assigned for special pickup and drop-offs for those with crutches, broken bones, injuries, etc., I always declined his offers, which he seemed upset about, but not enough to draw attention. There was one occasion where he had dropped me off at the bus stop, 
and instead of going straight, he turned down my road where my house was, and I caught him looking at me through the door. That unnerved me the most, because why the fuck is he trying to see what house I got into? I told my friends about it, but they just casually brushed it off as the creepy old guy that everybody's experienced. I laughed about it with my friends, but I had told my friend to ride home with me from now on and I'd walk her home once he left. Well, she did, and he'd only be creepy on days that I didn't have my best friend present as a barrier between us. I was really creeped out one day when it was ending the semester and we had fall break. He had an entire box of snacks he had gotten me, but what sent a shiver up my spine was when I first got on the bus. He then told me to be the very last one off. What the fuck, right? Well, I told Nick and dispute the rule of getting off at the wrong stop, and he stayed so I didn't have to be the last one off. When time it came to get off, Nick and I waited to be the last ones off, as Nick would get off after me. Our bus driver was not pleased with this, and he told Nick to get off before me. He flat out said no, that I was getting off before him. Suddenly my bus driver got super agitated, but agreed before huffing and falling back down in his seat. When I got off, he practically threw the box of snacks at me and sped off, barely allowing Nick the time to have both feet planted on the ground. I immediately threw the box away and then went home as Nick had walked me. Shortly after, my bus route changed and he was no longer my bus driver, but Nick still told me how he'd occasionally catch our old bus driver giving him a nasty look when driving past. Looking back at it now, that entire situation could have ended very, very badly. To Nick, I want to thank you for stepping up and protecting me when you noticed something was off. And to the bus driver, I really hope you haven't tried to groom any other girls since me. And if you have, I pray God sees what you do behind your wife and daughter's backs, because it's absolutely despicable. 